0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Caspar. A Run for More tells the story of Frankie gonzalez Wolf. As she embarks on a brave and arduous campaign to become the first trans woman to run for city council in her hometown of San Antonio, Texas, at a time when trans rights and freedoms are being attacked across the country, and especially in Texas, Frankie's journey and historic campaign provide hope and inspiration. I'll leave it there. The film again is called a run for more, and we're joined today by the director, Ray Whitehouse, as well as the subject of the film, Frankie Gonzalez-Wolf. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank Thank you. Thank you so very much for being here. I think I'm going to start with you, Frankie, in terms of this story and how it became to be when Ray approached you or what, what point in your campaign did Ray approach you to say, you know, I'm really interested in documenting what you're about to endeavor upon. What was your reaction to that?
1: I don't want to take away, you know, Race thunder here, but how we met actually in 2016 when um, Ray was actually filming a documentary about volunteers, um, he had walked into the Hillary Clinton campaign um, at, at the time I was working for the Hillary Clinton campaign here in Texas, and we had an opportunity to start talking then we started building a relationship from there he was following me around in that campaign. It wasn't until a few years later that I reached out, you know, Ray and I stayed in communication with one another. And then I decided to reach out to Ray because I knew it still had to do with campaign, campaign work, campaign volunteers, what we do. But this was a little different for me. You know, this time I chose that I wanted to uh, run for office myself and talk to Ray about it. Even though we weren't in the same room at the time, I saw the lights go on upstairs for him and he was like, Yeah, let me process this. And you know, the next thing I knew, he just asked if it would if it would be okay if he could actually film some of the campaign, the campaign journey. Um, absolutely. I saw it as not only as an opportunity to have the story be told, but I just knew from a, a political standpoint, I just thought it was it was great because we don't really have trans candidates that are running uh, for office, uh, uh, and, you know, especially here in Texas. It was a great opportunity to be able to have that document to show you know, what we go through, the experiences, and I just wanted to be able to grasp what all of that was and, and share that. Um, so I just didn't think it was gonna evolve into this type of story.
0: Well, Ray Whitehouse, when you began the project, going into it, what were your expectations? What did you hope to accomplish? It's a very intimate, uh, it ends up being a very intimate documentary film, but what were your expectations going into it? And if you want to continue along the continuum of how did it change and evolve over the course of the documentary, then feel free to do that as well.
2: Yeah, it's a great question. And um, I just would, piggyback on what Frankie's saying. you know, We met in 2016 when I was really interested in campaign volunteers. And then this window of time passed where we didn't really film a lot. And then Frankie reached out. And I was just really interested in how somebody who had been volunteering for a long time decided to actually run. And I thought that what Frankie was talking about, particularly around how some of the candidates who she worked for would talk about representation, diversity, inclusion, but not really practice it, that was somewhat of a a motivating factor for Frankie. And I thought that that was really um, important to highlight. And then also I thought it would actually in a more traditional narrative way be a really fascinating story because nobody in Texas who is transgender has ever been elected before. So it's kind of one of those, can somebody do something that's, that's never been accomplished before? Uh, stories. I think in all the work that I do, I really try and build a relationship with the person who I'm filming with. And then the film or whatever the project is really unfolds from that relationship. And this, this project was no different. I got to know Frankie a little bit in 2016. And you know she introduced me to her husband, Jeff, and we got to know each other. I filmed the wedding back in 2016. And you know we went to her high school reunion and things of that nature. So I filmed a little bit inside and outside of the campaign in 2016, and yeah, we really bonded over a love of politics. I think my, my pitch to Frankie about potentially being a part of the project initially was just campaign volunteers really don't get recognized in the political process that much, and I really think that they are invaluable to the democratic process, and um, I wanted to uplift those stories. So I think Frankie resonated with that, and that's kind of how we built our Initial friendship, and then it just kind of went from there. Yeah, when Frankie told me she was going to run, that kind of was a seismic shift in what I thought this film could be. But I knew that I wanted it to be more than just a, a traditional political documentary. I I love political documentaries, um, but I but I felt like there was something more. There was something more because of the relationship that Frankie and I had, and. Yeah, and I'm just grateful that Frankie allowed me into her life in a way that we could explore some of the ways that she was changed by this experience, not only in in the public light, but also, you know, outside of the campaign. And yeah, I you know, I I mean, I think that's that's really that that was something that I knew that I wanted to do early on, but how actually it all came together was really something that was somewhat blind faith. I ended up living at Frankie's house for the month before the election. Frankie was kind enough to offer that. I, I had moved to DC in between the time that we I had started filming and the time that the election was. So Frankie offered and that really changed things as well. So yeah, I was there for that month and that's where the, pre- the primary filming of the campaign was. And what that led to was operating on blind faith that in that month I could film something that resembled the emotional truth of what Frankie was
1: experiencing.
2: When the moments that were the most poignant or telling, I didn't know when those moments were, but I was hopeful that just simply by being there, that those moments would come and that in the edit, we could really find that real, that subtext and that text of the story.
0: Well, Frankie, as someone who has volunteered in campaigns and someone as a Told you before we got started, has been involved in campaigns. It's one thing to be as a volunteer to, to taking direction from the candidate or from the manager. It's a very, very different. And I've stood behind people who are giving directions in campaign in terms of the candidate themselves, what they expect from their people, what what the goals and expectations are for a campaign. How did that feel to you in your position, especially in Which you, I think, would describe as unique in terms of your candidacy. How did those how did that impact all of that?
1: So in honesty, um, coming from like, you know, obviously, I've been working on campaigns for 20 something years now. Right. But, you know, Clinton, Gore being the very first campaign that I ever worked on what presidential campaign. Um, But after many, many, many campaigns later, being a campaign manager, strategist, consultant, you know, finance director, you name it, I've done something on somebody's campaign. It was different in the sense of I had it in my head exactly what I I was intending on doing and, and how I wanted this campaign to run. Early on, I realized I could not be everything on this campaign, including the candidate. And so allowing myself an opportunity to be able to bring somebody into the fold to give up the decision-making process, right? Which was the, uh, how I wanted to maneuver the campaign. Cause you want to put as a candidate, you want to trust the person that you're bringing into the campaign. That's going to steer your campaign in the, in the right direction. Um, I, I, I was str- struggling, um, with a couple of things As the campaign started, I felt like I had this understanding of what it was going to be and what it what the campaign was going to look like for me. As I started on the journey of self discovery about who I am as a trans woman running in Texas, things started to change for me immensely, and I realized that both myself and the person who was helping me with that uh, with those decisions. We, we, we were both seeing it with the lens that we grew up with. So the lens of Texas politics, this is what a cisgender uh, politician in Texas would experience. That experience, however, was not the experience that I was going through. Through the process, I realized that I was doing the traditional Texas kind of I don't want to use the word I keep saying politics but using an you know strategy like you know I was using the Texas strategy of what we do best here in Texas and it was failing miserably I realized as I was trying to speak when I was speaking to voters or getting in front of you know just uh, people who wanted to listen or even you know participating in different forums people were consistently seeing me as just An item, an object. I was not Frankie running for city council. I was a trans woman. I was trans, and you know, and it was stamped every time I would enter the the, enter a room. And I think part of me was so frustrated because it people were wanting me to, on both sides of the aisle, were wanting me to own that part of who I am, and when I simply just wanted to run as Frankie, the person who was trying to do great things in her community. And, and that was th- th- where I, I, I was losing focus was like, why are people trying to force me when you had one part of the aisle aggressively treating me like uh, a pariah on society? And then I had the other side of the aisle telling me, own who you are, girl. Like, you know, it's okay. And, and and I couldn't find the balance. So I, it came to a point of, you know, when I started to get attacked in certain areas where, you know, we would knock on doors and people were calling me ignorant and phone calls where people were calling me uh, the bad version of saying trans, you know, calling me a tranny and all of these other derogatory uh, names. It, it was hurtful. And what I would typically tell a candidate that I was helping is, you know, you don't take that personal. It, it's not you know, just swallow it. And we're just moving forward. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that because now it was me that was happening to me. And so this emotion, uh, this uh, roller coaster that I was on through self-discovery, along with finding who I was as a person. And I was overwhelmed with emotions and conflicted at the same time. I couldn't actually stop and breathe and just I couldn't, I could never refocus is what I'm trying to say. And that was part of the problem here. I'm, I'm blessed that we actually were able to document this and showcase this because it's the truth of, we, I wish there was a film that I could actually turn to or some, a, a, a manual that I could say, this is what it's going to look like for you running for office in Texas. I have to say at the very end of it, I, I learned so much more than just about a, a campaign. It- I-, I saw a- such a bigger picture uh, about um, what it potentially is going to look like for someone like myself running for office in Texas.
0: That is such an insightful answer to this question I've worked with candidates and you know my advice is to be yourself but it's so incredibly difficult to walk into a room full of people who you're trying to impress or you're trying to win their vote their endorsement their money whatever it might be and that part of your brain that says I need to appeal to what they want to hear and why they and why they want to either give me their vote their money or their time right it is a very, very difficult thing to do. But one of the beautiful things about her Run For More is we watch you, it, to be on this journey with you, to watch you. And there's some particularly poignant parts of the film of, first of all, trusting somebody, I believe Veronica came in to help you with the campaign, to right, and letting go. That's a difficult thing to do. But another thing about it is to watch when you go to, to the rally where you're seeing activists yes. from the trans community yes and you're and i don't want to give too much away i want people to see the film but your reaction to it and watching that on film as as ray was talking about capturing these moments where you know you'll see it in the edit when you see when you see but to watch you as a person evolve or a better understanding of the of what's mm-hmm. needed for you to to accomplish what you want
1: working in politics and doing what I do for such a long time and then being invited. Right. Because this time you, know, I, I, I've now hit the Texas stage, even though I was running for a small district in the city of San Antonio, it had a profound effect over many people of the LGBT community right. across town. They were, they were looking at this. And so when I had the opportunity to go to lobby day and uh, be alongside many of the greats like Lauren Ferris and Monica Roberts and, and seeing them. First, I have, you know, working on campaigns and being as assertive and being very vocal and how I participate and act on a campaign, I have always been told when you are processing or digesting, you look a certain way. You you always give off this certain image Frankie. This was the first time in my life that I saw myself in that manner, the way Ray was able to capture those moments. I saw what people had been telling me for such a long time that I never really saw before. And I saw it. I saw the way I process information. I saw the way I digest information and when I start seeing the wheels turning. Um and, and let's and and I and I'm going to keep it 100 because this is about the growth of who I am as a person. I thought it would be easier for me just to live as look, I'm a woman. This is who I've always been my entire life. You know, don't treat me any different. I'm, I'm just going to be a woman. Um, I really didn't participate in a lot of these things. I, I knew I'm a trans woman, but at the very end of the day, I, I just, I, I'm a woman. When I was able to get my privilege checked by many people in the community to educate me, not only about issues, that were affecting many of the people in the community, in the trans community, holistically, I was also able to discover more about my truth. And I realized that this sisterhood that I considered for many, many years, a sisterhood that I thought I was a part of, in essence, I wasn't. I didn't realize the work, the the countless hours and dedication that so many people were actually fighting for, like Monica Roberts and Lauren Ferris, who provided, like they have been working all these years so that I could have the confidence enough to be able to put my name on a ballot and stand in front of a, a group of people that were probably going to embarrass me in some capacity I I had to readjust, refocus. And at the very end of the day, I'm glad that I did. I I don't know if I hadn't experienced, if Ray hadn't really captured all of this the way he did, if this would have ever had the opportunity to show the, who we are as individuals, that we are so much more than the stigma that society tries to place upon us, that We are, you know, when I was there, you know, at Lobby Day, I I met a a doctor, I met an attorney, you know, there's an engineer, um, you know, I'm a politician, um, that we were just, we were so much more than what movies try to portray who we are. That's why I thought that these stories were so important uh, in my discovery, because now I get to talk about those things like, you know, Ray being able to record this and document this and showing this to the world shows here in Texas, we are so much more than the stigma we can accomplish. We're skilled. We're educated. We hold many positions within Texas government um, holistically, and we are contributors to society. So um, I'm blessed that we were able to, to showcase that.
0: Uh, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with the director, that would be Ray Whitehouse, as well as the subject of the film, a run for more, and that would be Frankie Gonzalez-Wolf. And I know the film just screened at Outfest here in Los Angeles. Um, Congratulations. And in terms of the reaction of the film, in terms of sort of how people are, yeah, how are people taking in the film? Is that it expectation wise? Has it met your expectations or what's it been like for you?
2: It's a great question. I, uh, this is my first feature, so I don't really have a baseline to compare it to. Um, but for the most part, the people who I've talked to who have attended screenings have said that they have both laughed and cried. And I, you know, I mean, I think in some ways going on a roller coaster of emotions is, you know, one metric by which you could measure success, you know, uh, Outfest is our third festival. We also played at Festival in San Antonio, Frankie's hometown. Um, And and each of those screens had different audiences and different specific uh, reactions that were a little different. Specifically in San Antonio, I would say 90% of the audience knew Frankie personally. It, It was a tremendously warm audience. I think it also just meant a lot for all the people who were there, including Frankie and Jeff. And members of Frankie's family just to um, have that shared communal experience of watching the film at Frameline it was uh, there was a, a lot of audible laughter which was great i it made me feel so good i you know that that was our world premiere so it was very much like are people going to get the jokes you know is it are these things going to land and you know for the most part i was really happy with with the audience reaction particularly the laughs and then at Outfest i think what was really cool was uh, we were actually paired up with a short about uh, gay Latinos uh, Unidos in Los Angeles um, that played before it. And it was really great because they also brought audience to our screening. Um, and so there was, there was definitely like a, a good cohort of the audience that was sort of, I think, picking up on some of like the Latinx culture that is sort of embedded throughout the film. Um, and that was really rewarding to have people pick up on that too.
0: Yeah. And in, in terms of the film, the storytelling of the film, I thought it was really terrific the way that we are introduced to Frankie in the film through, through the through Jeff, the relationship with Jeff, the wedding footage, seeing the family, all of that thing it was just created such a warm feeling going into telling the rest of your story, Frankie. And I just thought, and Jeff seems he's like an amazing guy just seems like you're such a terrific personality you're such an open and warm person so to see the two of you you and jeff you know bounce off of one another it's just a really very cool part of the film so to see the way that you you are with each other
1: thank you and and i think for me in honesty i think there was a question that i was asked once about um what was the, the difficult part of filming this and i, I in politics you're focused on one thing, right? It's the finish line, the finish line, our goal is to win this election. And so people see me a certain way, because I I, I never show that personal side of me, I, I leave that at home, that is with my family. Yes, there are a lot of these people are my friends. There was a lot of personal information that I, I chose to share, as far as you know, struggles were concerned, and very traumatic experiences in my life. And which through even people here in San Antonio that have known me 30 years were like, what? I I didn't know that that happened. And having the opportunity to be able to share those stories, that that personal part, it's important for people. For me personally, it's important that people see that I'm like every other family. I come home, you know, I cook, I cook supper for my family. You know, I clean the house. It's my avenue in order to be able to de-stress. I watch TV. I have a husband. I was able to live, and that's where I talk about privilege. Where a lot of my trans sisters have not been afforded those opportunities, where you know they were kicked out at an early age, where a lot of them were homeless and they were living in in these homes, you know, with the, like sixteen or twenty other people. I had to recognize these things, things that. I felt were kind of easy for me. And mind you, because I grew up in the world of politics, transitioning in that world was relatively simple. So I I saw that a lot of the people that I was working with and people that Ray had mentioned earlier that talked about diversity and inclusion, yet didn't practice it. Those were the people that didn't see me as trans. They just saw me as Frankie. Frankie that they've known 20 plus years who is just, I was the exception to the rule. I was the exception because I was just Frankie. No one just, no one saw me any different. As much as I, I've said, I, fighting for a seat at the table, wanting the seat at the table, I never realized that I kind of already, I had space. I, I mean, I may have not have a, had a seat, but I had space. Yeah. And I wasn't utilizing that space that I was already afforded. and that. Is what I discovered through running for this position by speaking to my trans brothers and sisters that had to maneuver it to show me, but you're 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 there already, girl. You're like, why aren't you helping us with the privilege that you already have? Like you're you're there with these people. You you have their phone numbers. Yeah. You can pick up a phone and you can call them. I I can't do that. Here we are at Lobby Day. We're we're fighting for. Just an opportunity to go knock from door to door on state representatives and senators doors and hopes that they're going to talk to us. And in your phone, you have their phone number. You can pick up a phone and call them like, why aren't you doing this? That is what I realized. I like to call it grown up, Frankie, you know, even though it's only been a couple of years since the campaign I've discovered that, yes, there is a way that I can utilize this growth and development and uh, and for the good, you know, working alongside the activism, the people working hard in order to be able to invoke, uh, you know, and change policy now that I I have I'm further in. On the inside, I've been working on knocking down these walls from the inside out in hopes that I'm going to meet my trans brothers and sisters who are trying to knock down these walls from the outside in. And I feel like we're going to be able to, you know, to knock them down faster. That is what I'm hoping to be able to accomplish. And I'm hoping that people, when they see this film, they see hope. They see us trying to make a difference in, in the community that you know, we, like I said, we we all, we all share a very similar story in essence. Having bills written against us at every blink, yeah, I feel like there there's commonality where that we can come together and utilize our voices for a greater good.
0: And without giving anything away about the film, there is <laughs> a continuing arc to your involvement in the political realm, and uh, that's that's a great uh, that's a great part of it. And that scene at the lobby rally where you the, the, your face changes in terms of I, this realization of what you just described you see it on your face as you were describing earlier to see you know yourself on screen and see how you react how you process information mm-hmm. and we see that's a great example of it in the film well congratulations to both of you on frankie Thank for your journey and for and for where you are now in terms of your life and your politics and 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 your continuing to fight the good fight and ray Thank you so much for, for the film. Uh, again, we've been speaking with director of the film, Ray Whitehouse, as, and as well as the subject of the film, Frankie Gonzalez-Wolf. The film is called A Run For More. And as I said, it have just at Outfest. You can find out more about it at arunformore.com. Additional screenings hopefully will be coming soon. And all the best to both of you uh, on your work and your continuing work as a Politico, myself, Keep up the good fight, Frankie. And as Thank a lover of film, <laughs> Ray, keep doing what you're doing. Congratulations to both of you.
1: Thank you, Thank you, Mike.
0: You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar.